It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, December 23rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. The things is very fortuitous that Leafs game happened on a day where we're celebrating Festivus and can air our grievances, Russ. Oh, yeah. There's a few. All right. We are going to get into it, plus preview the matchup against the Canes all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the Grinch that is Russ Cohen, <laughs> who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, Russ, I have very mixed emotions about that game against the Leafs because for so much of it, it was exactly what we expected in yep. terms of just those Leafs forwards, you know, the big four, the, the whole first couple of lines and and whatnot, just dominating the game. They dominated in possession and shots. Um, it, it was brutal for a very long time. But at the same time, you know, the Flyers had opportunity that they just seemed to waste. And mm -hmm. it was so frustrating all you know all of it all at once yeah like the Leafs gave them some opportunity in the third period for sure before that they were doing a pretty good job of um dominating you know the first thing I have to talk about is the Flyers power play like D'Angelo scored that was great we've been talking about it you need to see we need to see that but the other part of the power play that's just maddening is is the Mitch Marner you know shorthanded opportunity because we called it. It's easy to call. Mm -hmm. If I'm an opposing team, I could get two of those a game, one or two of those a game, based on the fact that when the Flyers are doing their power play and their defensemen are in so deep, it is so easy to make this happen. It's laughable. Like, it's just, I, I don't understand how they can't defend against it. If you, you know what? If you have to go back to an old. If you know it's happening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're watching the film as Torch would say, and it's easy to do and it's happening against your team. Okay. So, so there's that. Um, as far as play, you know, there was some good play out there. Uh, you know, Connecty had a good game. You know, Tippett was trying, you know, just didn't fall for him tonight. That's fine. Frost had a great goal. That was, that was really good. They, um, you know, the, Kevin Hayes situation, and it is a situation. Uh, he played a lot of minutes this time, a lot more than last game because Torts piled him on, and he and then yep. Torts, you know, had him on every power play. It was over four minutes of power play time. He only had one registered shot on goal, one. And then you know there was something else you noticed, and then I'll we'll chat about that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I do want to go back and talk about, you know, TK, Frost, and Tippett and all yeah. that because they yeah, yeah. did have good games and we'll get to it. But yeah, I do want to talk about this Kevin Hayes situation because it was very, very clear to me this entire game that Tortorella was putting Kevin Hayes out in every single key situation. He was on that top power play unit that they put out that I didn't think they should put out on the five on three because they weren't getting the puck movement that they needed to. You saw it in the first power play. And sure enough, they blew like most of the power play and didn't get the second unit in until it was five on four. And then lo and behold, the five on four unit looks much better. And Mm -hmm. And Kevin Hayes was a huge part of it. I think he only, I think I remember that one shot specifically because I remember thinking, oh, that's one thing he's done well this game. One thing. I think he had one other good pass too that he made on the power play that I was like, all right, Kevin, you tried there. But it just felt this giant, like this giant test that Torts was giving Kevin Hayes and saying, all right, you didn't deserve to be benched. I'm going to put you out there. Every time we absolutely need you to come through. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he did not come through. And I don't know what's going on with him. I don't have anything against Kevin Hayes. I, you know, I want him to succeed. And that's like one of the things that, that, you know, hurts me deeply inside about this team. But that just felt like, you know, a a battle of wits out there. It it was because when he got thrown out there with um, Tippett and Dwayne Reams, like two of their best functioning players, all of a sudden he became a passer and he wouldn't do anything but pass. Yep. Even if he had a shot, he passed. That's exactly how it went. It's just like, look, we've been watching hockey long enough to know when someone's given it, they're all like connect and someone's not like Kevin Hayes. And that has to change. It just has to change yeah. because it's not going to be good for anybody on this team or development or anything else. No. And you saw Travis Konechny at the very, very end of the game, just sitting there on the ice, like when time ran out, oh, he, he was, was like, frustrated. He, he was so frustrated. You could see it on his face. Like, man, I just gave it everything I had and it didn't work. And he was so angry about it. And the way that Morgan Frost talked post game, you know, felt the same way, like Morgan Frost, who's been playing really well recently. He's got best hockey of his Flyers career. Yeah. And he said as much that that's how he feels. He's got goals in four straight. And then, you know, the main thing coming out of his mouth is God, that five on three power play, man. I wish we could have capitalized on that. Yeah, but even forgetting about that, going to the six on four, mm-hmm. they the got end no of the game shot too. Yeah. At the end of the game, no shots, nothing. Matter of fact, they barely had any entries and then six on five, they didn't even get any entries until the end, and they finally got a one great shot and a maybe one other shot, and that's it. That was it. And some of the entries are mind-boggling because one of them, and it may have been D'Angelo, I'm not sure, but one of them, there was his own entry. The, the Leafs started pushing the player towards the left. He comes in. He gives the puck to somebody on the wall, but there's three Leafs there. Yeah, there's three Leafs on that side. Uh, Like, what are you doing? That's the thing is that that's and this happened when the Leafs were dominating the game, too, where you'd see like one flyer and three Leafs surrounding them. And that's why the Flyers couldn't maintain possession because they weren't getting the support they needed in order to make that happen. And then to have that happen when they were playing, quote unquote, well at the end of the game. In a similar situation where they weren't getting the support to get more chances. That was equally as frustrating, despite the fact that 
suddenly with about eight minutes left, they flipped a switch and were aggressive offensively and, you know, got two goals out of it. The zone entry part. If you have to practice it more, practice it more. Cause you know, Tortorella talked about it a couple days ago. It's no better. You're very far into the season now. I understand power plays could be bad for a whole year, but zone entries shouldn't. And you have plenty of guys that can make zone entries. And one other thing to rant about is don't call this a young team when three when three of your guys are 25. Like, Connecty's going to be 26. Hayes is 30. And um, D'Angelo is 27. And JVR is also north of that. So it's like, don't call it a young team when all of a sudden, at the end of the game, you're putting out every veteran you have. So this isn't a young team. It's a mix. And it's a bad mix. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's being called a young team versus... No, no, he called it a young team in the post game the other day. Oh, like Torts that's Torts did. Yeah, like, and no. that was what I talked about, about the rebranding. We're going to make mistakes. We're a young team. No, you have young players on this team that somehow some worked into the lineup because of injury and some worked into the lineup because they were good. But you have young players on this team, but it's not a completely young team where you say, oh, well, you know, because again, you also have, a, you know, a goalie that's been around a while. He may be 24. And and that's the other uh, problem with this. I started looking into the goalie stats and Carter Hart is atop the league in games played. He has faced the most shots. You tell me why in the world on a team that is not competitive he should be playing like this. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked about this, that they should have put Urson in against Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. That was the perfect opportunity to do that. And for some reason, they just could not uh, find a way to put him in. And and maybe they felt nervous because it wasn't Felix Sandstrom or something, but uh, that was just a mistake because I really feel like we needed uh, uh, not that Carter Hart played badly, but because of this two game stretch of the Leafs and the Canes, like, I mean, I we'll talk about the Canes game and why I think they yeah, might yeah. put Urson or Sandstrom in if he's feeling better. Right. But uh, in the next segment, but I think that it's slowly catching up with Carter Hart and like not his fault, not his fault at no. all. And, you no. know, like he played tremendously in this game considering how many shots he needed to face, you know, relative. And uh, I, we, we really have the right to question this team on their goaltending choices. I, I kind of question whether this is all Kim Dillabaugh is doing like, cause Torts will just say, well, it's up to him. I, it doesn't seem like it's that way. I, I just have to say, I, it doesn't seem like the way they're mapping out is it, it. That's how it's working out. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot to think about with this game. And unfortunately, it's a quick turnaround <laughs> to be it hit is. playing Carolina. And uh, we are going to get to that coming up next. And now an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk and the results are tragic and often deadly. However, that's still doesn't stop 
everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I want to continue this goaltending conversation because now the Flyers are facing the Canes, who are also coming off a back-to-back um, playing versus the Pens. Obviously, we don't know the outcome of that game. Or who's in yeah, that. Well, yeah, as of recording. But I, I think that we could be seeing Auntie Ranta in this game against the Flyers. Mm-hmm. It would make sense for the Canes, right? So right. that could be, one would think, an opportunity to see either Sam Erson or if Felix Sandstrom is feeling better, put them in net, even though it is Carolina who, you know, is on a pretty mm-hmm. good run right now. We'll get into that. But I, I think that, you know, if you if you want to just look at pure goaltending matchups, you you probably could put Sandstrom in. Yeah, I mean, at, at some point you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to start playing these guys. You can't keep, you know, running Carter hard out there, especially after like 49 save performances game after game and and give him he's had a tight window here and i i just don't think it's good i mean again he may be a veteran but he is still 24 also so the mental part of his game isn't fully complete like that's something where you know you don't want to see him get burnt out you know guys who are up at the league lead with games or i looked it up they're all like 27 years old 27 29 you know those guys have been through the wars like they they know you even mentally it's a little bit better than you know, Hart's in a good mental place compared to a couple of years ago, but still, you don't want to mess with that. That's what I caution against. Yeah. Ah, Ati Ranta is in versus the Pens. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> just found that out. So uh, that kind of throws a wrench in what we just said. But at the same time. At it the does. same time, you know, you're you're right on the general principle. Like, we got to see the backup at some point. And so we shall see what they decide to do. But I just don't think par- putting Carter Hart in for this makes any sense whatsoever. It makes no sense. Like, think about the long-term part of this. If you get killed one game, you get killed one game. You had him in against the Leafs. He kept it close, and he did keep it close. Yep. Like, so, you know, had Marner scored on that initial uh, shorthanded opportunity, who knows what would have happened with that game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the Flyers had scored on the five on three, who knows what would happen? <laughs> Play <laughs> that true. what if game all day. But with the Canes, uh, I think that the, the first thing is we're kind of lucky in the sense that the Flyers at least have a few more hours rest than the Canes will have had because they're playing on back-to-back mm-hmm. nights. Uh, they have they won six in a row leading up to last night's game, 9-1-0 in their last 10, overtook the Devils for the division lead. They're kind of, you know, neck and neck with points. So I'm not sure as of, you know, right now what 
the division actually looks like, but they did win against the Devils pretty handily four to one. Uh, they lost a fluky game December 6th in overtime to the Ducks of all teams, but that's been it, right? So yeah. it's, uh, again, another tough battle. And we talked about this, you know, previewing the Leafs game, that these two games back-to-back were going to be a really difficult challenge. And then with the Canes, it's a slightly different challenge than with the Leafs, right? The Canes have a ton of skill. There's no arguing with that, but they're a little bit more physical than the Leafs. And I'm just afraid of the Flyers getting baited more into like the post-play scrums or or getting into fights for no good reason. Yeah, but the difference in this game is, even though we kind of go against what you think, Carolina's 23rd in scoring, Mm -hmm. 2.94 points a game. So it really is a race to three in this game. And, And so... If I'm the Flyers, I have to look at that and say, all right, let's just, you know what? Let's pour it on early. Let's try and do that. Let's try and, you know, get a couple early because they have not been their best offensively. No. Even defensively, they've not actually been their best, but they they seem to do it at the right times for the right games. And the goaltending has been phenomenal for them. And it's it's making them the team they are. They're, they're a very good team. Yeah, their goaltending has been much better, I think, than expected this season. And that's helped them. Well, I – all right, so I'm going to tell you, I picked Carolina to win this division on the strength of Kochekov, not Freddie Anderson, because you know I don't like him. And when I that brought it true. up, that's why I thought <laughs> – and that's why I thought it would happen that way. So, But I would say a lot of people are probably surprised. I just I always like Kochekov. That is fair. But I, I do want to say that, you know, Carolina is 11-0-6 in one goal game. So when it's, Oof. yeah, so when it's close and, yeah. you know, they aren't scoring as much, but in these close games, they're coming out on top yeah, because they know how to win. Yes. And that is is another part of this uphill battle that the Flyers are going to face. Well, then out coach Rob Brindamore. I mean, if you can do it, do it. I mean, you know, again, if it's a tight game, right? If it is a close game, and let's say it is going into the third period and it's 1-1, then yeah, switch things up, get things going. They did a little of that today and they switched the lines up a little and it did get some scoring. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Do it earlier. Do what you have to do. I mean, it's like if you have to put Kevin Hayes at the long end of the bench, do that too. You know, do whatever you have to do. Yeah, I did like that switch up, especially putting Frost with Farabee and TK. And it woke up Farabee. It did. It did. It really did. And so I think, you know, if they're doing that sort of thing earlier, that's probably better. And I think that's a lesson that Torch should take from this, the Leafs game into the Carolina game. And, you know, I was really nervous. I mean, I'm kind of glad that the Flyers got back within one because before that i was like oh he's gonna pull the goalie and it's gonna get ugly oh yeah <laughs> luckily, yeah you didn't want to see that again i did not want we're to all see getting that ptsd again. from that when he just leaves that, <laughs> that leaves the goalie out even though there's no chance of winning for, for potentially a second you know empty netter yeah it's tough to watch so instead we got you know the bad version of the six on four but right. you know and that penalty at the end which was question mark but uh <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into but that. again even even so Faraby can't be that aggressive when it's late in the game and yeah. you know he was mad uh, about the uh the Lilligren high hit before that 
So I think that's what precipitated that. All right. Well, we are not going to get to uh, breaking down the Carolina game on Monday. That will be on Tuesday uh, because we'll have a special episode to preview the World Junior Tournament that will be in your feeds tomorrow on Saturday with Enjoy Chris Enjoy that. We, so, we worked hard on it. It was great. Yeah, really good conversation. So look forward to bringing that to you. And we'll be back on Tuesday to talk about that Canes game. But in the meantime, it's Festivus. And we have some additional grievances. I know we just had a lot of grievances about the Leafs game on the show so far, but we're going to talk about our Festivus airing of the grievances next. Okay, Russ, I'm sure this is your favorite day of the year. Like if I, I had to it. pick a day other than your birthday, I would say <laughs> I would say Festivus would be Russ Cohen's favorite day of the year. So uh, in terms of Flyers specific grievances, like what do you got? First one is even after the Flyers tweeted a picture of Menorah and said, you know, happy Hanukkah, they've still yet to show a Menorah in any of the holiday stuff at the rink. That is a big grievance well, for me. It's like, why not? It's too late now because they're on the road for the. No, but they the last game they had another one of their holiday spectaculars. Why not? Why can't you do that? I don't understand. You're not serving just one part of your fan base. That's one. Yep. Uh, the other Flyers one is, I guess, I, I guess it's just basically, I have no idea what this team is, the identity or anything, and it's part of the team's fault and even marketing. It's part of the marketing fault. And it's what is the message here? What if I'm a fan, what do I call this team? I don't know what they are. It's a it's a really good point. Yeah, that's that's kind of related to one of my grievances is I want to know what the plan is. Like mm -hmm. just tell me what the plan is, guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm it feels like Chuck Fletcher is hiding. It feels like the other parts of management don't get a chance to talk. So if like nobody's talking except except saying like the baseline stuff, and then you hear things out of Chuck Fletcher's mouth, like, you know, oh, we're still within the playoff hunt. Now I know that was like weeks ago now, and yeah, that's yeah. not the case, and we know it's not the case, but it just feels like we're adrift right now, and that there is no voice from the flyers that is saying anything about the long term. You have Torts who is communicating in his very special way about the short term and how he's treating this season and game to game and I appreciate that. You know, like you know, we've said if there's one thing about Torts, he's going to tell you how he's feeling, right? And and so I appreciate that, but it but I am just sick of like not knowing what the plan is with this organization. Like, tell us, just tell us we can deal with it. Like, I promise you, we've dealt with this pain for many years. Flyers like, fans have dealt with a lot. They could deal with it. Yeah. We, we just need to know. So that is my primary grievance going on right now. All right. So my outside grievance is for the weather people, all of them. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> When we were all growing up, anybody out there, there was no such thing as a bomb cyclone. You have created this and put a name to it simply because you wanted to have another scare tactic and another way to wake everybody up and get everybody to tune in just for no good reason. So otherwise it would be like, hey, 
there's going to be high winds and snow. Like that's what it would have been 10 years ago. Like that, that's what, you know, and they had Doppler 8,000 then too. But the idea is that's what, you know, that's what they no, I'm sorry. That was always the funniest thing where each of the local stations would be like, I have the Doppler 2000. I know. And then somebody else would say like, I have the Doppler 8000. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's they just to, radar. They have it's to one up each other. It's just radar. I know. But, but in, in this case, it's like, it's a bomb cyclone. No, it's not. It's really not. It's a lot of wind. Yes. And it's, and it's very cold and you could talk about how frostbite and all that, all that's legit. Just stop with the names that didn't exist. It didn't exist before. And we did get weather like this before. It's not like this is brand new weather. That's all. Yeah. Well, speaking of that weather, I hope wherever you are, if it's very cold, that you are staying warm and yes. that you are staying safe on a, on a very serious note, because the weather yes. is very much a mess in a lot of places it's not to be messed with it's not so yeah don't go out unless you have to all of that stuff hopefully you didn't Uh, do last minute stuff uh try and get things delivered if you can not that you want to put a delivery person at risk but you know i'm just saying yeah and and, you know stay safe if you're traveling for the holiday and and all of that but yeah i think you know you and i were talking offline about this and my other grievance is with continues to be with the nhl scheduling department oh yeah because not only are their schedules still not great, they don't know how to stagger the start times to make things work. And they just make a lot of inconvenient choices for us as viewers and as fans. And then they attack me personally, yes, me personally, by rescheduling a Flyers game for the sake of the Buffalo Sabres. It wasn't even a Flyers game being rescheduled, but because of the Sabres having to reschedule the game, again, because of the bad weather, totally understand. But at the same time, they had to reschedule a Flyers game to January 9th, and I have plans that day that I now have to reconfigure, and I am very bitter about it. I I totally get it. I do. And just give you illustrate for for people out there um what I'd seen recently on Twitter was like good rivalries like Islanders Rangers as an example December 23rd last game of the year between those two teams. What? Really? Yeah, people are traveling that day. I know, and it's the last time they play. It's like what? Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, it is a hard job. We've talked about that before, Yes, but, you know, it just kind of affects me personally, and I take a front to that. I get it. I do. Don't cross Rachel. That's what you're learning here. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Take heed. All right. Uh, That will do it for today's show. Like I said, we will be back tomorrow with our World Juniors preview with Chris Peters. Very excited to bring that to you. Then we're going to take an extra day off for the holiday weekend. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate that holiday. And then we will be back on Tuesday and we're going to talk about that Canes game. We'll talk about the Phantoms that day. Lots to do then. In the meantime, have a wonderful holiday weekend. Stay safe and uh, let us know anything you want to know about the Flyers that you're thinking about as you're opening your Christmas presents. Yep, yep. Tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. 
I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available wherever you get your podcasts.